what is up everybody welcome back to the sneaker enthusiast podcast uh for the intro i got here my brother nacho and we're about to get into our uh, our little episode we got a really special guest for you we got paul litchfield the inventor of the pump um we had a really good time talking to him um but before we do that we gotta we gotta talk some big news uh some top heavy news nacho what happened to you bro what happened to you uh, recently so i was up there by big sewer you know what i mean big obviously sir. big sir or big sewer whatever you want to call that shit you know what I mean <laughs> i was out there in, in in the in in the central coast you know what i mean living my best life and i went to this beach called pifer beach now if you've never been to pifer beach there's a lot of like you know rocks and stuff like that well your boy thought it would be cool to to get up there and you know, start climbing on those rocks on some very worn out Air Force Ones. Now, the reason that I wore very worn out Air Force Ones is because, you know, you're walking, it's you're walking on the beach or you're you're mobbing around. You know, you don't really want to care about, you know, getting your your sneakers dirty. So I was wearing these old ones, and uh, yeah, I thought it was it would be a good idea to get on these rocks. So I'm doing my thing. You know what I mean? Climbing on these rocks, taking photos, doing my thing, <laughs> and. Uh, you had a little photo shoot or what yeah 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 you know i mean it was me and my girl you know we had a good time and uh i was like yo i'm gonna get up on this rock take a picture of me you know and so so i go and there's like these wet rocks right and those wet rocks i think they have probably like algae or whatever but they got like that (laughs) moss growing on them so they're a little bit more slippery right but i was climbing on them all day so i was like whatever i think i should be fine you know and so i climb on it bro i slipped (laughs) so hard you know what i mean and this is just the because i fell twice okay so i fell twice so i slipped and i fell and i was like oh crap and i'm literally like right by the water like i'm like yo one of these hard waves comes it's over for me i'm dead (laughs) and so i was like fuck it's over and so i try to get back up and i'm slipping everywhere because i mean the rocks are slippery so i'm like it's over i'm gonna end up staying here like i'm done like i couldn't move right uh, there's people out there, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to play it off like it's like, yeah, hey, I'm fine. You know, because everybody's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's when, you know, it's hella embarrassing when people are like, you do, are you okay? Yeah. So, so you know what I mean? So I'm doing my thing. And so then I try to get back out again. And I ate it so hard. <laughs> like the second one, like I literally like, I, I you know, like the, the best pose or the best description I could give you is that I fell looking like the Jordan jump man. You know what I mean? Like, I was like <laughs> but forward, you know? So like the whole side of my, yeah, that's my happened hip to me. on my right side, it was bad, dude. I was like, Oh my God. I was in so much pain, but I, and then I scraped and then those rocks are sharp. So like I scraped up my hand and my wrist and I was like bleeding and everybody's yeah. like, are you okay? I was like, Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But I mean, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? I was like, I'm having fun, but I was like, you know what? Let me get the fuck off these rocks. So, so after that, I was like, I'm not getting on any rocks whatsoever. It was hilarious. Yeah. Moral, moral I mean, of the story, moral of the story, guys, don't don't go to the beach, get on some algae covered rocks with some worn out Air Force Ones with no traction, bro. Because and and mind you, David is a heavy dude, so he's already top heavy. You know what I'm saying? So he, even if there wasn't algae, he probably would have fell. But don't 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 go to the beach and wear these uh, and wear worn out sneakers because especially sneakers from the 80s because this is this is the kind of thing that happens basketball sneakers at that i mean i saw this 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 dude and he was out there in like some like like some chanclas like some sandals uh-huh. and he was doing it dude he was just hopping back and forth 
but then I realized those are hiking sandals. Oh, and I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, he's got one over on me. You know what I mean? Maybe the dude's yeah. a different breed, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was a fit guy. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a thirty-six-year-old fat man. You thirty-six-year-old know I mean? fat sneaker enthusiast. Yeah, he was, that wasn't him. But yeah, but anyways, you know what I mean? I still had the time of my life, so I, I wasn't tripping, whatever, you know. But yeah. yeah, just the next day, I was like, oh man, I had a big old bruise on like my side. It was pretty bad. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we got the headline news story out the way. Um, we're now going to talk about some some recent sneaker releases, and we're going to do that by way of our wear one, remake one, erase one segment. And if you're new to the show here. Uh, Wear One, Remake One, Erase One is it's a graphic I put out in our Facebook group, Sneaker Enthusiast, which is named after the podcast. I post three sneakers and the group members have to choose one to wear, one to remake and what they would change about it and one that they would er erase forever. It would cease to exist. This week we're doing the uh, Air Jordan 3 Amanye collab. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I'm sorry. I didn't look it up before this. And then we're also doing the uh, Camo Babestas and we are doing the uh sakai vapor waffle in um in that purple orange colorway yeah we got some really cool comments in and i hope you guys enjoy this let's get into our segment of wear one remake one erase one all right so colin michael keith writes and he says i have two of these where the hell out of the on monier threes the sakais are a tough one because there's so many good colors this is my least favorite, so he would remake them. And then for the babes, he just said, meh. I like the Sakai. Well, no, I don't like the, the Sakai's remind me too much of those really chunky Balenciagas that were out like a few years ago. I don't know the exact name, but I don't like it. I don't like that. So it just looks, uh, I don't know. Maybe they're, they look kind of comfortable, but for the most part, I'm not a fan. See, for me, uh, they look uncomfortable when I see like that offset heel thing. It just yeah. it looks uncomfortable to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, every time I see like big old chunky heels, I'm assuming that's a lot of cushion. You know? Yeah, that's so, true. That, yeah. Uh, the Babestas, I would probably redo the Babestas. Uh, I'm not a big fan of camo. Uh, I like the bait pattern, but I'm not a huge fan of like that green camo. Uh, I remember when Bape did the, the Club C's. The, the club sees and they put like that like purple like that purplish like pattern on there instead uh -huh. of the camo green and i thought those look kind of cool i thought those look kind of cool um and then i would actually wear the jordan threes which is rare because i'm not a jordan guy but those look probably like the classiest out of all of them so they I got think, you they got you with that neutral gray look huh yeah you know I'm i'm boring now so it's like i can't i don't really like like the loud like sneakers i mean i like them but they just don't look good on feet at my age Thank, thanks colin for writing in so max wilder writes in he said he would wear the amaya threes he likes the vintage color vibe of the 70s uh, he would erase the bape superstars bape isn't developing any further in terms of style he says uh, it's kind of lame in his opinion he said the design of the sakais isn't bad but did anyone ever try to run down some stairs without falling in some of these you know what i i can i kind of I can sympathize with you saying Bape isn't developing any further in terms of style. Like they have for a while just kind of been riding on their their status as a brand and sort of, it seems like they're kind of playing it safe. You know, I'm not in Japan, so I don't know like what they're doing out there. But in terms of footwear, the Bapes does the camos. Like, yeah, I love to see it and I love that it's coming back. But at the same time, it's nothing new. And I wish they would try 
newer things. I don't know. But I like vape, but like it's just you know, because it reminds me of a certain time. Like, you know, I remember, you know, for railware and vape and all that stuff. And then like, you know what I mean? Like that really got me into it. And then I remember I wanted a pair of babes this when I was a kid. Did you ever did you ever have a pair? Nah, man. I was into this thing called rock and jelly bean from Japan. Uh-huh. And then I, I, that was like like the the biggest like Japan thing that I liked. Um, that was big during that time too, during like the the early two thousands or whatever. No, nah, I mean I was never really like I don't know. Once once all the rappers got a hold of it, and Little Wayne came out in the all purple in the video, <laughs> and you know Un Casa was wearing like the Baby Milo stuff. It was over for me. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, it just it just looked crazy, and I was just like. For, well, for you, like would you a, say for you that was like the height of it? Oh yeah, it was crazy back then. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. I mean, everybody had the all over print, the all zip up hoodie, all that stuff. You know what I mean? It was, it was crazy. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, it was a wild time. But yeah. like, I'm, I'm past it. You for know, sure. like I, I, I might be able to deal with like a quick little stripe here and there, and maybe like the you know the eight logo. But like for the most part, vape just hasn't grown. Like he, like he says, it hasn't grown for me. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It, for me, it's boring. To be honest, yeah, it's kind of boring. It's like, like it's, it's clean. Like you want to wear it. That's dope. Like it, it looks good. I'm not gonna hate on yeah. you, but it is kind of boring. It's kind of like it's kind of safe. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, I like heritage brands. I like brands that have been around for a long time. You know, as far as like streetwear and things like that. Like I'm still a huge Stussy guy. You know, yeah. but Stussy's been around since the '80s, so it's like you know, it's one of those things that I just vape just doesn't do it for me as far as style anymore and like just like you said like i feel like they're just you know let's throw the bait you know camel print on this bat you know what i mean yeah they'll throw it on a desk on a chair on a lamp and everybody yeah. goes like oh that's cool so yeah it's just you know i'm not a fan yeah me either I, I agree i'm a fan but i just and, and also you know just to be fair i'm pretty sure they make quality stuff like you hold it in your hand and it's probably quality but that being said i'm not yeah, I'm not on the hunt for babes. Although I really like the babe superstars. Um, it, it's nothing new. I would agree with you there, Max. Thanks for thanks for writing in. Tony Eich writes in, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name. Um, I know you go by Arlo Tone. Um, but he said he would wear the babe superstars, not because they are babe. I just wear superstars anyway. He would remake the Jays, add a little more color. He would erase the uh, the Sakai's, the classic upper with the stupid soul. Uh, they need to drop these into a black hole. So he's not feeling those Sakai's. Yeah, man, I agree with him. I mean, I'm not feeling the Sakai's either. I mean, I like the the first ones that they did it with the waffle racer and that big old extended like soul. Like you remember those? Yeah, that's those was were tight. those were really dope, and they used really cool colors and all that other stuff. And I was like, yo, these are really cool. But this one right here, it just it re- like I said, it reminds me of that Balenciaga shoe that I just wasn't a fan of. That might they look like big thick platform Nikes, and I just. Mm-hmm. The other ones did too, but it just looked clean for whatever reason on that silhouette. It did, and the yeah. sole, and the sole that they used. But I'm just not with those at all. I mean, neither. I think the ones that you're talking about, though, it got sneaker of the year. And I think the shape of the shoe, it just looks more. It's like a fucking yacht, you know what I mean? Like it just looks more. Yeah, it, classy. it looked clean. It, it, it looked, looks it clean. Looked nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell it was different because it has that big back heel. Yeah. But for the most part, it looks like a traditional shoe 
that will go well. I mean, it's the waffle LVD, you know what I mean? Or LDV or whatever the hell it's called. Uh-huh. It's, it's not in the daybreak, you know, all mashed into one. So I, I thought it was really dope. Yeah, for sure. And for me, this Sakai, I think, I think it's cool, but it's, it's too, it's, it's almost annoying to me. Like that this heel is popping out. I know that's what makes it different or whatever. It's almost annoying to me. Like I, I would love this shoe if it just had a regular EVA midsole or whatever. And it wasn't protruding out the back like that i actually like this silhouette i think it would look dope just regular with this colorway but yeah that i don't like i don't like the sakai's that much either um but shout out to tony for writing in appreciate it big tone all right chris weathers writes in chris weathers is a legend in the sneaker enthusiast group if you didn't know he he every single day he posts a different sneaker every day and we've had the group for more than a year and i haven't seen him wear something twice so shout out to chris man uh he wrote in he said he would wear the threes, he would erase the babes, and he would remake the Sakai's. He said he would change the colorway on the Sakai's. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, would you say this is the same take as, as you, David? Wear the threes, erase the babes, remake the Sakai's. No, because I'd dump the Sakai's and remake the babes. But it's similar. I mean, you know, like I said, like, you know, the Sakai's, they could do without. Like, we don't need them. Uh, the babe, it, you know, the Superstar is such a historic shoe. And it's just one of those shoes that can be easily modified and it'll still look cool. Uh, but it's just, it, it, like I said, I just don't like the green camo. Like, I would prefer all the other cool camos and maybe just the the symbol, you know what I mean? The the star, uh-huh. the babe star, the, like the shooting star. Maybe just that. And then it, then it wouldn't look as busy. But just having the all camo, it just makes it look too busy for me. And then I, will, I also, I... Like I said, I don't really wear Jordans. I don't wear Jordans at all, actually. Um, not that I'm a totally against them. I just, for the most part, I think I would only wear like the lows, and it's like the how Jordan. Come, how come? How come you don't like? How come you don't? You never mess with Jordans. What is it? Is it the silhouette? Is it like? Is it too like? Is it too hip hop for you, or what? What is it that you don't like about Jordans? It's a long story, man. We can get into it forever. Just but give I mean, me the, like, the short, the short version. The short, the short watered down version. All right, look, I like Jordans, right? I did at one point. Well, as a child, I liked them. I looked up to them. But being a poor kid, or not even a poor kid, just a kid with that couldn't afford them, right? I hated the idea that they were unobtainable to me. Mm-hmm. So I hated it. So it's almost like a, I hate what I couldn't have. You know what I mean? I hated the markup, dude. It was huge. So you're still bitter. I'm still, one, I'm still bitter. That's that's the that was the beginning of me not looking for it because I had to look for substitutes to that because I was like, why is this athlete, you know what I mean? Why is the price point different here versus the price point here? You know, uh-huh. so it was just one of those type of things that I just I didn't like the idea of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't like the idea. So it was I've always been into like more budget things, and it was just like, man, I gotta spend this much money to to look cool or to feel cool. So I didn't like that. I don't like that. As we get, as you know, later on, they just became like the go-to starter shoe for yeah. everyone, you know? And so the nostalgia just isn't there for me anymore. Yeah. You know, like, I, I like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, if somebody asks, are you into sneakers? It'd be like, oh yeah, I got those new Jordan ones. And I'm like, I bet you do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's almost like you can walk into any room or any, and I don't do conventions either, none of that stuff, but I can walk into any sneaker shop, any of that stuff, 99% of the people are going to have on a pair of Jordans. And I get mm-hmm. that they're the ones that maybe started it all or whatever you want to call it, but 
You know, it's just it didn't start like that for me. It started with Reebok. Mm-hmm. You know, with Reebok. Yeah, so, so it's kind of it's kind of rooted in your upbringing. Yeah. So so it's rooted in my upbringing as far as like you know, like I said, I don't like them because one, they weren't meant for me, or they weren't. You know what I mean? I felt like they were. I felt like I was being exploited to get them, or my family was being exploited to get them. Yeah. And I couldn't af- I couldn't afford them. I couldn't afford them. Um, and then it's just like it's everyone's like starter. It's a starter shoe to me. Like yeah. if you start your little sneaker collection, you're gonna start off with a J. Yeah, I agree. And, and and I'm way. I think as you should, as you should. I'm, yeah, and I'm way past that. Don't get me wrong. I do like some of those crazy color. Like I do like some of the OG colorways, like the military fours. I like the Jordan One Low, the OG. You know, and then I like low tops too. So it, you know, it's kind of it's one of those type of things. I like the Jordan Two. I like the yeah. Jordan Two. So, but. Could I ever see myself wearing them? No, because they don't they don't give me that 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 vibe of of, of differentness or uniqueness anymore because yeah. everybody has them on, you know? Kind of played out. Yeah, they've been. But I mean there's just a historic shoe that it's yeah, like uh, they're historic. That's yeah, yeah. Like I you like you can ask a normal person who's not into sneakers and they're gonna be like, Oh, uh, do you got the Jordan Elevens? You'd be like, No, like you know what I mean? But like, you know what I'm saying? Like they know. So it's just it's yeah. a starter shoe to me, and I just not for me. And sc- scrolling through the uh, wear one, remake one, erase one post, it seems like everybody wants to wear those threes, and I love I like those threes. They're the cleanest pair of, of all three of them. I mean, you know, I can't take it away from them. I mean, they have that, and then the cream colorway is like, you know, it's 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 popular right now, but Super it just looks popular. so. It, but it just looks so classic, you know. That vintage look just looks really nice on everything right now. So Daniel. Piliapil writes in, apologies, Daniel, if I'm, writing your, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, but Daniel wrote in, he said he would wear the Adidas Superstar and bait because it looks good on many styles. He would wear it with shorts, camo pants, cargo shorts. It's a retro shoe. It'll never get old. He would remake the Jordan 3, the Amaye. Um, Jordan 3 said he would tweak it a bit. Um, he says to add a little bit more color to make it better because it's kind of plain that way. Then he said he would remake the Sakai's as well um, because he doesn't get the hype on those shoes. He thinks the first Sakai was was way better and he just doesn't know why nike would even make these and he says if it wasn't for the sakai in the name people wouldn't buy them the thing about daniel is he he kind of broke the rules he just he did wear one remake one remake one he didn't do wear one remake one erase one daniel is definitely doing the most um but we're gonna we're gonna dissect it anyway so he said he would wear the the adidas superstar and the bape how would you rock those? He said he could wear them with anything. How, how would you How would you style those, David? I mean, like I said, like it is a tr- classic shoe. I mean, it's a classic silhouette. So, you know, the superstar can go with anything, shorts, pants, whatever. You know what I mean? And if that's his style, then obviously he can rock it, you know? So, like I said, it's too loud for me. I don't wear high clothing anymore or anything like that. So, it's just not going to work out for me. It's just going to stand out like a sore thumb, which I guess is what you want, but I don't. I'm not there anymore on that level, you know. What I mean, I like like subtle flexes. Yeah, but I could I could definitely see you. You're always wearing shorts. I could see you wearing these with some shorts. I could wear superstars with shorts. I got the pair of superstars with shorts. But like, okay, like let's go. You know the Mark Gonzalez superstars, right? The ones that the ones that you gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, with the schmooz on there. Yeah. You know, what I mean the Adidas skateboarding. Those are different, but they're not out there. Yeah. That makes sense. That is more my thing. These are just bop loud. I think you, you know. Can pull them off. I think. I think. I mean. I think anybody really can, but I mean, like, it's just I don't feel it. It's just not me right now. 
Yeah, maybe later. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things, man. I mean, you know, the style is ever changing. Yeah. You know, one minute, one minute you're this way, one minute you're another way. And then as far as like remaking the Jordan three, I think the Jordan three looks cool. Uh, the Sakai's obviously we've already talked about the Sakai's that throws in the dump, but you know what I mean. I think the Jordan threes are are, are nice classic, you know, pair. You know, the yeah. chalk looks nice. Everything the neutral gray looks nice. All that stuff looks nice. So. Well, I, I agree with Daniel. I think you could wear those superstars with anything. The even yeah. the babe camo, I think, is a nice look, and it's got. I think it, it also, if you look at it, it's got it's a '80s superstar, so it's got that cream. Yeah, like fake vintage, fake yellowed yes. sole. Which the fox, dope. the fox vintage foul, foul. Is yeah. it foul? Fox? I don't know. I don't speak Wonder. French, as you can tell. I'm probably saying yeah. I'm on yay wrong this whole podcast, but shout yeah. out to Daniel for writing in. Yeah, big ups, Daniel. Felix Saburin Gonzalez writes in. He said he would wear the Jordan threes, he would remake the Sakai's, and he would erase the Bapes's. What he would remake about the Sakai's is he would he would remake that curved tail a bit. He would make it flatter and not go something completely different so i guess what he's saying is that that extended heel on the uh on the sakai's is just a bit too much for him he would he would try to make it quieter if you know what i'm saying yeah 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 and i would agree um i i think like i said i think the shoe it's a dope silhouette it's a dope colorway and i think it would look better without that protruding heel i think that's what throws me off about it i remember when they first because these were i think these were delayed because of covid and this isn't the first colorway of the shoe, or it was delayed for some reason. I don't know if it was for COVID, but I remember when they first previewed the silhouette or this collab or whatever in the original colorways, people were pretty, they were like really hyped on them. And then as time went on um, and the longer and longer it took to release issues, I feel like people became disinterested. I, I, I wonder like if these are going to be on sale at some point or if people are still crazy about, like, do you know anybody who's like, yeah, like, gunning to try to cop some Sakai's these days? Mm, not those. I mean, not those. I, I doubt they go on sale because nothing goes on sale anymore. Uh-huh. But, you know what I mean? For, no, I don't I don't see anybody really pumped on them or anything like that. I mean, eventually they'll sell, but, you know, they're just, uh, it's just a shoe that I'm not a fan of, dude. I don't think anybody really was a fan of them. Yeah, I feel like you know I mean? I, 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 group, I, we I, have 6,000 members and I haven't seen anybody post some Sakai's. Yeah, so I'm cool off them. They're just not like I said, it's just it's the shoe that literally could go away. All right, let's do. We'll do one last one uh, before we get into our interview here. Uh, we got Matthew Garfit. He's a longtime listener of the show. He said he would wear the Jordan threes as it's a great looking no fuss shoe. He would erase the vapor waffle unless you are twelve and have size four feet. You look stupid with with appearance that your feet have grown wings and you're about to take off. He said he would remake the babes. Um, so the white star and the white soles look more used with softer materials. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the bases in hand, so I'm not sure. Like, I, maybe they they look stiff or they feel stiff. So he he would like them to be more supple, is what he's saying. So, it, you know, sneakers for me, the more supple the better. But he said that he said that the the Jordan Three is a great looking no fuss shoe, and I feel like that's key right there. I feel like it is kind of a no fuss shoe. It is a collab. Um, there is hype around it, but it is kind of like, it's kind of just like, it's kind of true in a way, you know what I mean? It's kind of like pure, it's a pure colorway. It's a pure, um, shoot release and it's easy. It's easy to, uh, to rock it and it's easy to like, it's kind of like a perfect design and colorway to be honest. 
like I said, it's it's the most wearable. Like you said, it's a no fuss shoe. It is a collab, so it's nice if you're into the whole collaborations and the rarity of things or whatever. Um, you know, the limited the limited aspect of it. So I think it's a it's a great looking shoe. It's a great looking shoe. I'm not a big Jordan guy, but those are nice. Um, you know, the Bapes does. I understand you. Know what I mean, quality is everything. You yeah. Know? So so if if the quality's there, you know what I mean. I could probably look past it. The Sakai's, we've talked about it a million times. You know what I mean? They should go in the garbage. Just that soul is just not doing it. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's just a, it's a dud. You know what I mean? said that if you, can you imagine if you had those on and then all of a sudden you yeah. drew wings or something? You could yeah, fly. Just, you know, it's just too loud on feet. I think you no would reason. look funny flying. You know, I think they look funny right now regardless. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about you, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would never do nothing like that. What's wrong with me? Yeah, I'm gonna have to do a graphic with you wearing those like little wings or something. <laughs> <laughs> People might have thought you died from slipping on some rocks, though. Negative. But, Still uh, here. Yeah, shout out to uh to to my man uh, Matt for writing in. He always writes in. Um, Matthew, Matt, if it's cool if I call you Matt, I appreciate it. Appreciate bro. you, big Matt. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that is. Oh, one last thing I w- I just want to say about those Jordan threes. When we do our our annual um, sneaker enthusiast sneaker of the year awards thing, I feel like that this Jordan three is going to rank pretty high. I'm just saying that out there. I'm just putting it out there because I I want to see it come true and I want to have it on record so I can go back and be like, look, I told you guys. I feel like it's going to be a, a contender, top three, top yeah. five. What do you think? Oh no, we still got what another six, seven months in the year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. We got a while, so. But I feel like. We'll see. Early, right? early contender. How's that? It's an early contender for one sneaker of the year, release of the year at least. Oh, Maybe not sneaker okay. of the year, release of the year. But, but yeah, we'll shout see. out to Matt. Shout out to everybody who wrote in to the wear one, remake one, erase one segment for this episode. We've got a very, very special guest. We got Paul Litchfield on, the inventor of the pump. Um, we had a great time talking to Paul. He took the time out of his day to to talk with us, and uh, we talked about his his career at Reebok and um, what it was like working with Shaq and what he's doing now with GoRuck. And uh, it was, it was a really cool conversation. It was kind of surreal for us to be, to be sit down with talk to Paul and uh, we aren't going to take up any more of your time Uh, without further ado. Let's turn our attention over to our interview with Paul Litchfield. So you're, you're mainly known as, you know, the inventor of the Reebok pump, but I know you've done a lot of things um, at Reebok and after Reebok. Uh, and we'll talk about you know what you're doing now at GoRuck, um, which is very cool stuff. Um, but I want to know. I, I I want you to take me back to like what you were doing before you started Reebok and how you even fell into um, designing sneakers at, at, at such a big level. Oh, cool. So thanks very much. Uh, well, first and foremost, I don't design sneakers. That's why I had Steven on, you know, because uh, I'm not a uh, I I can do stick figures, you know. I can't do uh, <laughs> I can't do real. I can't do real drawings, you know. I I um uh, I do uh I do have a little bit of a uh, uh an aptitude for chemistry and putting putting shit putting things together. Sorry, uh and so uh you know I uh, but I'm not a designer and and guy and I gotta say that purposely for all my design brothers and sisters out there who would take offense to me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, but uh so essentially I I started Reebok in late '85 uh, after getting kind of unceremoniously bounced out of a PhD program in muscle physiology and biochemistry and exercise science. And uh, 
it's a long story. It's not really useful, but I found myself um, at this op- with this opportunity to to do a little stint down at this small small company called Reebok, where there were only five other R and D people there. There were two uh, engineers, researchers, developers, and then three designers. And um, and I thought I was going to do that for about six months, and then take I accept the a, uh, a, a a role down the uh, University of Florida at Gainesville and do some strength research and cardi- cardiology research and all, but six months turned into a, 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 about thirty years. So, uh huh. And and what were some of your first uh, some of your first projects there in terms of you know? Oh, so so when when I first started, we were doing kind of research and Re- Reebok had kind of um, been accelerating on the scene. You know, they had done um, they had gone from selling just the um, this, the UK made track and field shoes. Uh, so they started making um, the freestyle, which was right. the first aerobic shoe. And they, and they, right when I joined, they had just started launching the uh, the first series of basketball shoes with the BB 4600, 5600, and 6600. And uh, and they had some uh, some running shoes and all. Um, when I first started, we myself and my my my, my buddy uh, Peter Foley, who was there a few months prior to me. Um, we were doing kind of development and research, and we um, we basically worked with the designers, much like any any team does now. It's just it was new and it was uh, different at Reebok because we were super small. And the one of the first things we did was I found out that uh, based on my previous education and background in chemistry and all that, um, I could hang with the Chemical, uh, chemical guys like uh, Dow, DuPont, Goodyear, all those folks. And and while I wasn't, um, a, you know, an expert like some of those folks were, I I, I had enough going that I could uh, understand what they're saying. I could speak with them kind of fluently when they told when they talked about different materials and plastics and blah 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 all that. So I I found out I kind of liked that and and that was not a huge skill set at least at the Reebok side at the time. So, so I was able to kind of uh, find a little, a little hole to hang in, uh, and uh, and my first, my first kind of project that was uh, new and different was a thing called the Energy Return System, yep, uh, uh, Reebok ERS, and that was the first kind of um, technology, if you will, uh, and it was uh, these high trail tubes that were made by Dupont. We put them together to make, anyways, to make a cushioning system, and and so that was the first kind of technology, and that's how it started my trajectory into um, making uh, innovations and, um, you know, kind of inventing things uh, in the, in the uh, sneaker business. Right. And then eventually you, you actually were the one who took the, or you, you kind of led the team to, to commercializing the, uh, the Reebok pump, right. Which was a big task. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. And, and, and so I, uh, I, I did the pump and I was in charge of that. Uh, and again, like, like all, all of these things, um, Everybody plays roles like somebody playing ice hockey or basketball. You know, you you, you have a, you have a position you play, and you know if you play your position well, you're you're you can have a big influence on it. Uh, but without the other teammates, you're kind of you know you're kind of high and dry. And then that goes that goes for any any role. And you know, I thought Stephen was pretty pretty good at, at uh, in the podcast you guys had pretty good in describing that that whole thing. We had a we had a really super tight little team. Uh, on the advanced concept side, and it was it was fun. We we all we all had a very um, similar kind of um, passion and commitment to making the product, 
but we definitely came at it from different directions. I mean, we we were uh, we were a, um, a cast of different different characters all put together. Yeah, I think Stephen Stephen referred to you guys as the 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 band of misfit toys. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about what we were because we didn't you know we didn't uh, we didn't fit in uh, to the you know the the typical business units and and that was both. I I think that was real candidly. I, I think we probably kind of. Um, leaned into that even heavier because it just was more comfortable for us. Right. And, and, and so, yeah, so we, we did that. It was, uh, it was fun. Can I ask you one question? Yeah, sure. Not sure. Is, is Steve really as big of a rebel as he says he is? Is he really, is he really, does he really push the limits that hard? <laughs> so, so Steven, so I would say this, Steven is absolutely unwavering in in his vision and focus and commitment right and sometimes that's pushing the limits into the extreme and sometimes that's um and that's and sometimes it's right down the middle of the road but mm -hmm. it's always on his terms and so it's actually pretty funny because steven uh some of the steven's stories were uh were spot on some of them were pretty close and some of them i, I just had to laugh you know because uh but he's, he's he's a good dude he's a great friend uh and we you know, I got really lucky to be able to work with these with these folks. You know, Peter Foley, uh, Stephen. Um, he mentioned that we, we had a bunch of other guys uh, on our on our team uh, as well that you know continue to be super lifelong friends because it was fun. We were uh, we were not part of the, the the mainstream, but yeah, Stephen Stephen lives by that a lot. Right, and then and you guys worked together to create um, some really incredible uh, technologies at Reebok. Uh, like the the DMX technology, which is yeah really cool, and uh, and then later on in your career, you 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 design ZigTech. Do you have any cool stories from from those days of designing, or I'm sorry, of of, of innovating those kind of technologies? Yeah, so so it, it it's funny. So the uh, the DMX the DMX thing was was pretty funny because Stephen did describe it fairly well uh, um, on the these blow molded parts and. Um, he had just talked about our, our meeting out to GE Plastics, which we went out to in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Uh, prior to that, though, uh, one of the first things that kind of started the whole thing was we had um, we'd received a set of shoes from uh, Taiwan, and they were dress shoes, and they had a spring on the heel, mm -hmm. and they were kind of goofy. We were messing around with them, but um, the shoe insert was actually this plastic um uh, almost like half of a last, if you will, mm -hmm. and and it and it and it basically I had this uh, like like seems had a little nipple on the front, and when you put them together, you could literally kind of push them back and forth, and you could feel the air pulse from one one of the pods to the next, and we thought Shit, that would be a great way to go, and I think I think Stephen uh, Stephen was actually pretty accurate about um, you know this young dude we hired out of college, Matt Montrose. Mm -hmm. uh, and Matt was, you know, he was a full-on real mechanical engineer. So we gave him a math project. We're like, look at dude, we got to slow this thing down. And so, uh, you know, how do you create these geometries for that? And so he did that. And so all these different pieces, uh, you know, became part of DMX. But the DMX, DMX was actually super interesting because um, it uh, it was the the kind of product the kind of product that when you got into it, uh, it would kind of pulse back and forth, and you could feel the air squish back and forth, and um, we had this idea that it was going to be this big comfy kind of thing and I got into it and I, I did well, the first test uh, in it and I took about, I don't know, 20 steps. And by, by that time, I'm like, this is terrible. This is the worst goddamn thing ever. No, seriously. And, and I was like, and, I, and I'm like, we are, we're, we're not only off the mark, but we, you know, I got to bury this thing deep in the ground somewhere. 
And but I'm like, all right, but we have these. I think we had like 15 people um, lined up over a course of a two day period to do these initial tests on it. And honest to God, boys, the um, the uh, the result were, was that like there was myself and like one other person who absolutely hated it. But then there were like these 13 people who were, and they're like, wow. holy shit, this is the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn in my life. And, and that was one of those moments. And this is in like 92 or something. Um, and, you know, we had done, I'd done the pump and, you know, there's, you know, and, and the pump kind of fit and all that. But this one here was one of the first moments where I was like, shit, you know, I got to listen to the product. I, and, and the product's going to kind of dictate to us which direction it's going. And, and, you know, I, they're not paying us to make product for me or for Steven or for Peter or for, you know, they're making, they're, they're paying us to make product for, for the customer. Right. That's right. And so, yeah, so that was, a, that was a pretty fun one. And, and, and DMX ended up being a, um, a, a really, I think a really important technology for, uh, for Reebok on the walking side. And then we, we had a, uh, we, we, we had, a, <laughs> we had a fun, a fun time trying to translate that from walking into running. Right. And so that that was a challenge and just and, uh, and, uh, and just a few more i know because 30 years at reebok man i know you yeah. had there were some big moments there um no dude yeah so 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 there, there absolutely were and 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 it's funny because i um a lot of stories kind of pile up my mind at just thinking about it right and uh and and there are there are always inside of all the projects there's always a, ch a time when you know, you're rolling along and something happened. All right, so I'll give you an example. So so for the DMX running shoe, you know, Paul Fireman said, hey, we want to make this in running. Um, and so the, the what, what happened was when you step on the DMX pod, like Stephen described, you step on the heel and it and it squishes down. So it kind of deflates almost like somebody jump off, jumping off of a, uh, a building, you know, in, into a, in one of those uh, um, deceleration bags. Uh -huh. So we um we basically uh, you know you, you did that and then the air um went forward through this valve in the middle of the foot uh, to the to the forefoot so it would kind of pulse up and then it would uh and then as you step in the forefoot the air would rush back to the heel so it was always kind of reloading itself and getting ready for the next foot strike well um that was great for walking in running we tried it in running same shoes okay so we took these running shoes and we went out for a run and Based on the frequency of stride stride rate, uh, and then also the impact, you're pushing more air through that little valve faster and faster and faster. Well, as air heats up, it kind of um, it kind of exponentially expands, right? Hot air is uh, you know like uh, bigger than uh, has more volume than cold air. So these things would become these huge balloons under your foot, and and they were like and they literally. You know, I mean, they cut off your circulation. So, oh my God. Um, we, so we had to re-engineer it. So we re-engineered it, and we were at this kind of uh, break point for the um, for the product because we could either make the product soft enough where when you stood on it and walked on it, it felt good, but when you run on, when you ran on it, it would bottom out. Or you could make it so that when you ran on it, it uh, the engineered part worked well, but it would feel like um, rocks. You know, it'd be too hard for when you just standing and walking and i was driving home one night super late driving and it was middle of the winter and uh and i was uh I, I was pretty stressed out because i thought like this is gonna be the first time this is probably 95 96 i'm like this is gonna be the first time i'm gonna miss you know a deadline like really miss a deadline mm -hmm. and you know, we had we had hit the deadlines on pump which was a whole story unto itself we had we had hit the deadlines on um on uh, fury and all these other things and and, and the and the first dmx but this one i was like I'm like, you know, so you can either you can either put in these hard pods 
that will work for running, but not for walking. Or you can put in the soft ones to work for walking, but not for running. So driving home. And I literally, I was like, oh, shit, why don't we put them both? So so then, so the, so what we ended up doing was we ended up making um, the DMX uh, running shoe with, with a 10-pod system on the, uh, on the bottom towards the ground. Uh-huh. Uh, and then up on top of the midsole, between the midsole and the strobel board, uh, we put what we called a stim pack, like a stimulation package. And all it was was a little dog bone shaped layer of film. And if you looked at it, it almost looked hollow, but it had just enough air where w- what it would do is it would pulse back and forth and it would give you this sensation when you're standing there, when you're doing the shoe try on in stores, it would give you the sensation that, oh my God, this thing's, this thing is like a pillow. Mm-hmm. Now it wouldn't, it wasn't thick at all, but, but it was just enough to, to give that perceived um, kind of sensation of cushioning. And so people would, people would always go in and it worked. And, and so people would go into the store and, or, or try the shoes on and they'd rock back and forth on, on the shoes, you know, like you do in the store, trying, trying things on. And, um, they're like, Oh, I can really feel this DMX. And they thought they were feeling the pause that they could <laughs> see, but they were feeling this little stim pack thing. So uh-huh. that was, that was kind of a funny one. That was, um, but Hey, pro- problem solved though. That was a problem solved. Yeah, know? no, dude, it worked out. It worked out great uh, in in that regard, and and it, it did solve the problem. I mean, it created some like anything. It creates some other issues, but we resolved those. And and so that was a that was one of those deals where again, um, you know, because I needed the job, and because we were at the last minute, you know, you have to come up with something. So so that those were kind of some of the things we did. And Paul That's- also. Uh, go, Nacho, you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, that's crazy because that's kind of how you guys got me. I mean, I remember, you know, wearing the, uh, I think it's the answer, the answer one, which has the DMX tech. And that's how I felt. I felt like the, you know, how it has the pods in the front and in the back. And I would feel it like kind of like shifting almost like a seesaw. And I was like, oh man, these are so comfy. Yeah, exactly. No, so Nacho, and it was funny because uh, you, you, you had the, uh, did you have the black ones or the white ones, the black and gold or the, I, I had the black and gold. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, and those things are classic because those things had about uh, like, you know, four square feet of leather on them. You had the zipper on the thing and all that. And uh, yeah, those were those are pretty interesting. But you uh, and they were also a pretty stiff shoe, right? Yeah. But but that that stim pack on top of the midsole made it feel really squishy. Yeah, it felt amazing. I was like, oh, these are the most comfiest things I've ever felt in my life. Yeah, dude, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Also, so at Reebok, um, you know, after the pump came out, obviously there was the 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 D Brown, no look dunk that, that everybody, um, you know, sites is a, is a big moment in, in, in culture. Um, but you guys also had, uh, you guys had Shaq at Reebok, um, while you guys worked there. What, what was that like having somebody like Shaq and having to like, th- again, problem solve somebody's who's, I mean, obviously he needs a custom size shoe. It's not only, he does not, not only does he need a shoe that fits, but he needs something that's also gonna you know he, he's performing at a high level so yeah so so it, a couple of things with Shaq um, and and first of all like with all of the athletes um you know we were in the advanced concepts group so we would have kind of limited interaction with those folks you know uh, and that was really done by the business units and that was done by the um uh by the PR folks and all that but uh, the, I, I did get a chance to actually meet Shaq um when he was coming out of LSU um they had kind of touted me in to, to show some tech stuff uh, when he was coming out, you know, because we had pump and everything. So I was showing him some of the stuff that we were doing. And the funniest, funniest thing. So I'm a I'm a, a, a tall, lanky five foot eight. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so so I go in and Shaq's mom is super tall. Shaq's dad's really tall. And Shaq's tall. so they the three of them came in. 
um, from LSU. And Shaq was um, a super nice family. He's a super good dude. And it was one of those things where literally I, I felt like a Lilliputian on, you know, on, on the island. I was like this little midget guy coming in. It was just, it was, oh, sorry, can't say that these days. But, you know, I felt like a little person, you know. And so, uh, <laughs> so it was just kind of funny. But Shaq is one – Shaq – to me was a guy who um he is like just a regular size person just big like basketball players look like basketball players you know mm -hmm. um, even when they're super fit they're kind of tall and lanky and stuff. Shaq's just a big dude he's like he's just a giant dude and and he's a, he's a good guy and one of the one of the challenges we had with like pump bladders or DMX bladders and things was we had to make them and the dude's foot kept on growing <laughs> like we ended up making I, I I got a Shaq shoe right over here that we made for him, and it's like size I don't know twenty two. Wow, that's a massive. You know, it's just it, it's just yeah, it's just really big. Uh, but it's a but it's not like uh, elongated um, and and narrow like a lot of uh, a lot of hoop players will have uh, long feet, but they'll be kind of uh, stretched, if you will. You know, whereas whereas and and so they have narrower feet. Shaq's foot was just proportional as yours and mine, just huge. That's crazy. That's yeah. a, that, we that's are, it. It, it, the the only the only really weird shoe that we made this was this was back in the in the probably in the 80s uh late 80s was um uh, made some shoes for andre the giant mm -hmm. oh that's cool and I, I i yeah i met the dude and 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 the dude was he, he was he, he was kind of frightening that that guy was i mean his head was his seriously his head was as bit like as, as, as almost as long as your arm he's just a big big dude and, and we had to make when we made shoes for him we used slabs of EVA and cause, cause he didn't have a regular foot shape. I mean, I don't know. He was like size 28 or something ridiculous, you know, wow. but it was, uh, yeah. So th that was my experience with, with, with a, with a super large human being. Whereas Shaq, <laughs> Shaq was like, like just an exceptionally large human being. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very cool. And then, yeah. uh, last thing about Reebok before we get into the, the, the go rock stuff. Um, you also developed a technology with Reebok called the check light. Right, which was like yeah. a, a um, yeah. basically like a head impact indicator. Yeah, a cap. You could probably explain it better than me. Um, yeah. So, so, so basically, in the in the um, right around two thousand seven or so, um, you know, Reebok on CCM hockey. We we had this deal going with the NFL. Uh, we were making lacrosse equipment and stuff, and so we were trying to make a better helmet. And, and, you know, meaning a helmet that would protect people more for whatever sport they were doing. And what was funny about it was like um, we we kept on we kept on uh, we had these high speed cameras and we were doing all impact stuff and all that. And we we're looking at we we're looking at helmets, um, you know, like being smashed over these um, head forms and stuff. And it kind of occurred to us. It's like, all right, we can slow it down. But what are we I mean, what are we trying to do? Like, I mean, I know we're trying to protect the head, but what does that mean? So we ended up trying to look at like forces to the head. You know, how do you like almost like a crash test dummy, like the, like they do on those, uh, on the, on the car, car commercials and stuff. And, uh, and as it turns out, there's just a, there's a couple of inst institutes, uh, down in Virginia, middle of the country that, that do, um, that do, uh, the, well, it's the national safety transportation board. Right. Mm -hmm. And they do, uh, all of the impact stuff. So we wanted to kind of find out how to measure head impact. And then from that, we were looking at, you know, what's the level of safety and all this kind of, and it just wasn't. So we ultimately worked with a company uh, in the Boston area called MC10, super smart MIT folks who kind of, you know, who, who did, who uh, do these electronics. And we developed this little uh, device that um, has the accelerometer, a gyroscope, 
and uh, you put it into a little knit skull cap that you could wear under any helmet, and it had uh, lights on it, and the lights were red, yellow, or green, and well, like a traffic signal. And based on the impacts and stuff, um, you know, it would be the green, meaning, you know, you didn't get hit that hard, yellow, meaning you get hit moderately hard, or red, meaning you get hit very hard. And, you know, when you get into the yellow or red zone, the intent was to uh, let you know that you should go get checked. Wasn't didn't mean you were hurt. Sometimes you were, but you know, just mean you, you go get checked for for you know concussion and all that. Because a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure this happened with you boys, but you know, like if you're if you're going out somewhere and you fall down and whack your head, you know, I mean, if you cut your eye or or smash your nose or you got blood coming out of somewhere or you know, or or you or you um or you you mess up your ankle, you know, it's hurt because it swells, it cuts, it bleeds. When you hit your head, you're like. I don't know. Am I okay? I mean, I guess so. And, yeah, and so, right. yeah, right. Yeah, and, and exactly. Just, yeah. So it's like, it's like, shit, I can still breathe. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But as it turns out, you might not be. So that, um, uh, that check light was cool. And I'll tell you what, the, uh, the team uh, that did it with, with us, um, MC 10, Paul Davis was the project manager who was, uh, who, who, who ran the thing. Um, super proud of it because we ended up winning, an award with the Consumer Electronics Show in 2014 for uh, Consumer Product uh, of the Year uh, in the area of um, health and fitness, which was really cool because we're not an electronics company and uh, Reebok isn't, and and the Reebok Advanced Concepts Group definitely wasn't a um, uh, you know an electronics company. We were up against like the Fitbits and all those kind of things, so mm-hmm. that was super cool. I was really happy with that one. Uh, didn't sell worse shit because. People, uh, much like seatbelts in the early days. I mean, you boys are too young, but when I was when I was young, driving in the back seat of my my folks' car, it was like you know, <laughs> they'd be ripping butts up front. They'd be you know, I would be in the back seat bouncing around and shit. My dad would drink in his hand and stuff. You know, it's like it's old school. Mm-hmm. So so seatbelts. I remember those days too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, natural, right? So seatbelts were in the car, and no one used them until these days, right? And so I, I think the check light was just a little bit early. I think that, you know, the notion of being able to measure head impact um, is, uh, is a, a cool thing. We're just, we're just a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah. And, and you, you said you're proud of it and you should be proud of it. Cause it's, it's, I think, you know, it, that, I think, I think in the future there should be like a standard for, for that kind of thing in the NFL for like head trauma, because like Nacho, I know you watch a lot of football, like at least for me, like when an, I, you know, when football's not on, you're not watching it. And then whenever I watch the first game, like the seasoning's starting again or it's preseason or whatever, and I hear that I, I can hear the impact or whatever, yeah. I'm like, at the, at this, I, for like, I'm, I'm going to say for a good 30 seconds, I feel guilty. I'm like, damn, these guys are really <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, but after that, of course, I'm, I'm more like a fan. I'm like, I, you know, I'm so excited that football's on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're totally ahead of of the curve there with with the uh, with the check light. I wish that would have. I still think that it should be implemented in some kind of way. You know. No, so it's it's very cool because uh, from that I was able to link up with some folks, uh, and ultimately I, I I got on on the board of this company called Black Box Biometrics. And Black Box, um, what we did was we we developed this um, they call a blast gauge. And it's used uh, down uh, in uh, in theater, uh, down in the you know uh, in the uh, in the military sector, and uh, goes on your helmet, goes on your tactical vest, and it can measure uh, blast pressure, which is the same thing as uh, like a head impact and all that. And so we've been doing an awful lot of work with the Department of Defense and VA and all, and that's coming along. And Black Box also has a um, uh, has a pretty cool 
um, advanced version of that for sports. Mm-hmm. Hasn't got any traction yet, but but it's a it's a cool way to go. Um, after this, I'll I'll afford you uh, boys a link to uh, to Black Box. It's a it's a really cool company that uh, that you you guys would find pretty interesting on you know measuring blast pressure, uh, which is essentially energy going through the brain, much like a head impact on sports. Yeah, I would lo- I would love that, Paul. Thank yeah, so much. Super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So eventually, uh, uh, is it Jason McCarthy? Um, yeah. You you guys met actually while you were still at Reebok and yeah. um and he kind of had this vision for for I, I believe it was it was the the Mach V1 right the the boot that you guys well, designed yeah so, so so basically what happened was uh Jason was a green beret uh right. and when he retired he developed this um this uh backpack a rucksack right, and it was rucksack, uh, yeah it, yeah and it was for his um the first ones he did was um what they call a go bag which is a bag that you use in case of emergency and you know, when he was a Green Beret, uh, he, it was all full of Green Beret stuff. Uh, but he also made um, those go bags for his wife, Emily, who was at the time, and I can say it now, but she was a uh, in the CIA. So th- that was in a kind of an emergency get out of town bag quick kind of thing. So mm-hmm. from that, he, he got out of the Green Berets and he started making this uh, this gear. And uh, and it was just it's really cool because um, I have a certain way that I approach product. Uh, and 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 uh, making stuff and and putting things together. Jason, uh, you know, even though he's a different generation, completely, you know, he had a similar kind of approach. So when we first met on the Reebok side, um, he and I just hit it off from a product side. And um, at the time, they were both companies were feeling each other out to see if there was going to be any kind of relationship. It never worked out for a lot of reasons. You know, no shade on any on either either company. It just didn't work out. Uh, and so, um, but, um, I, I stayed connected with Jason and he's like, dude, I want to make some footwear. So, uh, so we, um, we went down and, um, connected with this guy who is, his name is Richard Rice and Richard Rice is kind of like this, um, legendary OG, um, green beret from Vietnam. He was, I can tell you this, he was first generation Delta back in the day, helped get the whole thing set up and, and all that. And this dude is just He's super chill. He's like, he's like Sean Connery chill, but American. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, uh, and so, uh, Richard, uh, we took him back to Vietnam for his first trip since the war. And, uh, and we worked on making these boots and I, I was able to, um, ba- essentially use some of my longtime friendships in the business, uh, to get into one of the preeminent factories in Vietnam making shoes. And um, and they they're making boots for us, and we made this Mac V1 boot, and it just yeah, it's super cool. So I, I know it's a little bit out of scope from the the. No. Uh, from, uh, it's not actually, the... and it's and it's not actually because I um, mean the the more I read into it, and the more I read into like the, I mean you guys use like a proprietary uh, leather on the shoe, yep. and I read more about the details of the shoe, and I'm like, dang, this is really really it's yeah, it's really crazy, like, and it looks just it's just like I want a pair. I'm gonna get a pair. Um, oh, so yeah, so I, I I'll connect I'll connect to you boys after this because the the Mac V ones we also just made a CrossFit shoe called the Ballistic Trainer, and and it's again I I kind of go back to on uh, the cumulative uh, cumulative kind of experience of you know what works and what doesn't work and and what's important to the customer in a particular thing. So the Mac V one is just a kick ass boot. It's awesome, and I know a lot of Jasons uh, and Richards. Um, brothers uh, in, in, in the service, they're using it a lot. They really like it. And that's a, 
that's a great testament to where it's at. You know, again, that's kind of a standard that he set. Uh, and then, um, uh, and then the, the ballistic trainer was our attempt to um, make a, a shoe, a real functional fitness shoe that is, that speaks to the science and the biomechanics and, and all of the forces that occur like in a CrossFit gym or, in a, you know, if you're doing, you know, fitness in your own garage gym uh, and it came out pretty good, it came out really good actually. And, and uh, I'm really proud of that. And it, it doesn't uh, follow, doesn't follow the, the um, current mindset of how to make like a CrossFit shoe, which right. is, which is fine. But I just, I just have a different, I have a different philosophy on how to, I, I try to follow the science, you know, from the old days. So. Yeah. And I mean, like going back to the, to the, to the Mach V1, the, the boot that you guys made, like yeah, it took four years to make, like what, what was it like working with, with uh, someone, someone like Rich or somebody like who, who, like special forces, like having all these kinds of um, people tell you like what they like. I mean, obviously you've had athletes tell you what they need in a shoe when you were at Reebok, but what was it like hearing it from somebody like in the special forces or like, yeah, so, how did that inform the process? No. So, so that, that, that's actually, that's actually a really good question because um, what it did was, uh, and Jason's really cool. Uh, you guys have to meet him someday. I'll, I'll make an intro to you guys, uh, but sure. uh, it's, the product and the product process is just super clean. It's like, it's really straight. As a matter of fact, on uh, the energy and the, uh, the kind of like team and the team synergies and all reminds me of the old school RAC days. Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 and to me, it's, um, yeah, I just been really lucky to, uh, have been in a small tight team on the Reebok side. And I got that same opportunity here in the go rock side. And these guys, you know, it's just, it's, it's really straightforward. It is, you know, we we're always end the day drinking beer and hanging out and, and having a good time. Uh, and there's always a lot of work. And there's um, there's often times where uh, the days are, I mean, you know, no one's shooting at us, so they're not that hard. But the days aren't easy, and 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 the the demands on what we what we want the product to do are unwavering. Jason's. Jason's pretty clear, dude. He's like, look, this is what we want to make. Here's how we make it. And I can, I can tell him, Hey, look at here's, here are the possibilities based on manufacturing, based on materials and stuff like that. And then we, 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 we mash it all together and we come up with iterations. We did, we did a ton of boots for the Mac V1 that were, you know, uh, in the, in the hall of shame before we get to the wall of fame. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so it ends up being one of those things where, uh, the, the, the process and the iterations and the, on uh, the, the focus on, does it work? is just, it's really clean at go rock, you know, and yeah. it, it makes, it makes the day straightforward. You know, it, I mean, there's not, there, there's, there is no compromising to, to the middle. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, focusing on like, I, I, and I know Nacho would agree, like, like, like we we both love New Balance, right? Like the New Balance, yeah. um, the 990 stuff or the 995 yeah. or whatever. Like that stuff's it's all meant for utility, right? Like yeah, sneaker. Yeah. Like I think the sneaker culture part, the sneaker head thing, at least for me yeah. personally, happens after, right? Like Ultra Boost is for running, and then like Stephen Smith yeah. talked about the the Insta Pump Fury being like it just it, it was just kind of like a manifestation of trying to make the best. Uh, in terms from like a utility aspect and that's kind of what you guys did 
with this boot. No, and, um, no, Brian, I, I got to tell you what, and, and, and it's really funny because I know that there's a lot of momentum on the sneaker side that you got. What I've always liked that you guys have done is that it, it gets down to the why, like mm -hmm. on the, on the new balance nine, nine series, like the, you know, there's a clear why to that, right? Like the fury had a, a real why it's like, we wanted to take everything off except for the pump ladder. We wanted to, and, and Peter Foley and Steven worked on the bottom with the graphite part. And we wanted to take, we wanted to basically make, you know, make the graphite bridge carry the entire midfoot. And, and so, you know, there was so many, that little potato chip uh, uh, composite carbon material, yeah. yeah, the carbon fiber thing, it looks, you know, you're like, oh, that's easy. Dude, we went through 9,000 potato chips in order to get to the right shape, right? <laughs> and, and, but, but, but again, but that, that ends up in, in like some of Stephen's work on the New Balance series or New Balance in general, you know, like the, the old 1500s, the big tri the big kind of like straight lasted 1500 that was um, like for every overpronator, heavy, heavy white dude ever, whoever <laughs> jogged down the Boston Marathon, you know, right. it's like that, that kind of stuff. It, they're, they're, it's there for a reason. And um, on the on the GoRock side, um, I'm I'm actually able to work on just that stuff. Yeah. Like, like the why. You just get to focus on on what it is you're best at, and I I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. Now and 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 so and so it's it, it's kind of funny. So for you guys, and again, uh, brand agnostic. I mean, so Brian the Nacho, give me give me your give me your top three shoes and why. Damn. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. Go first. Um, three top shoes and why? Well, one, it's the Reebok pump. Uh, it's the, what is it? The Omani zone pump. The uh, Omni zone. Omni zone pump. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I remember when I was, yeah, I was, I remember when I was a child and when I was. Hey, dude, dude, simmer, simmer down, simmer down on the child thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, but I remember being, uh, you know, I we immigrated from Mexico, and I remember my cousin had already been down here, and he was an only child. Okay. And he was an only he was an only child, so his parents had a, a lot more money than we did at that time. Sure. And uh, you know, he the Reebok pump obviously had that crazy price tag. Yeah. And you know, you know, I used to believe that you know all those type of like those sneakers made you jump higher, run faster, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, especially as a kid. So I really, really wanted them, but you know, my parents would be like, you're no, like you're crazy. That's yep. the rent, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, you know? So, you know, eventually as I got older and stuff like that, I was able to, I remember I saved up, I think, I think cans, I collected cans Sure. and I saved up a bunch of cans and I got my first pair of Reeboks. Now it wasn't the Reebok pump because it was still crazy expensive, yeah. but it was the Reebok ventilator. It was a Reebok ventilator. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good running shoe. It is, it, it is, and it, it, it's still one of my favorite. So the Reebok pump, the Reebok ventilator, just because I really liked it. It was really loud with the elephant print and all that other stuff, yep. you know, and the, yep. the hexalite. So that one, um, I really like the New Balance nine nine eight, the New Balance nine nine eight, and I think I like the Nike Air Force One just because of the whole, sure. you know, the history of it. And those are kind of like oh the adidas superstar but there's just so many and when you're yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. when you're into sneakers it, it kind of like it, it i i always tell when people always ask me like which one is your favorite sneaker i go through phases of yeah. you know like oh these are this is what i like right now and then these are what i like but there's, there's just so many but at yeah. the end of the day it's just you know i like the the iconicness of certain models and stuff like that yeah that's very that's very cool what are you brian 
uh well i think i appreciate you asking this too this is really cool this is fun uh, the, i think the first um well uh, unlike nacho and unlike a lot of other sneakerheads, i'm kind of i'm still kind of new like i'm maybe two or three years in like i got the sneaker bug through i'm a creative person i started you know this channel out of like creativity and out of wanting to like document my brother nacho yeah and uh but i did get the bug you know like learning about the history of stuff is very powerful like you like i said like i learned the story behind the the mock the mock v1 and now i want a pair yeah and um so uh no that being said i think my top favorite top three right now definitely number one for me is the zx8000 the adidas zx8000 series oh. i just love that silhouette all the zx stuff i love that um yep. it's just a super comfortable shoe i love the way it fits i um it's it's uh, it's just a perfect silhouette for me i think number two um would probably be the the 990 v5 um the yeah. latest iteration of the 990 series which I, I really 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 love and then for for number three um i would have to go with the air force one as well yeah the air force one i think is is definitely one of my top top shoes it's just a perfect silhouette it's like a perfect shoe design for me i know it creases but i just love the way it's just so easy to it's comfortable and it's just so easy to to stylize but yeah so so i i think it's funny because the air force one to me has got that elegant design there's not a lot of extra stuff on it uh and and because it is comfortable and it and it works you know um i mean you know because it's got the legacy it it, it adds a, it, it adds a lot more kind of interest to it but yeah I, I get that air force one has got that like simplicity to it uh without it being too crowded with stuff you know yeah, and and you, from 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 hearing me and Nacho like, listening to him talk about the Reebok ventilator and the Reebok pump and stuff, and and like I think story uh, also the story behind the Air Force One is what draws me. All, it's definitely all the it's the storytelling behind these products that sure. dri drives me as a consumer to 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 love not just buy but love and obsess over things just because I'm an obsessive person and anybody who collects is obsessive. But speaking of storytelling, you guys actually went to Vietnam, right? To to like, oh, like yeah. you guys went to like the old you guys went to the jungle and tested out this boot what was that like yeah so so we, we really did so so first of all um you know i'd spent a bunch of time in vietnam post-war uh and, and stuff like that but rich was there in the um in the 60s late 60s when when things were really tough for everybody there you know not i mean they were certainly tough for the u.s soldier but dude you don't you don't want to be a vietnamese person living through that i mean so so every everyone had a had a rough go right um, and so um, when he came back, um, Rich was also in a very, very elite group called the uh, MACV SOG, which was a uh, survey and observation group, which was a, uh, a, 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 great, uh, a great cover for guys who did some really, some really wild stuff, right? Um, so when we, uh, when we went to Vietnam, we made the boots and, and we, we, had a bunch, we had a bunch of boots we wanted to try. So, and and these boys, you guys would love these boys, Jason and, and Rich for like, uh, and this guy, other guy, Andy Nelson, who was with us. They're like, let's go. So we literally rented a car and we headed up into the highlands. And then we basically got out and started fucking hiking. Uh, and, 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 and where, and we're, you know, there's, there was put in the miles, put in the time we're in Vietnam and we're going to places where Rich had uh, previously been stationed and he had worked with an indigenous group called the mountain yard folks there. And it was uh, it was just a it was a pretty moving experience to see Rich. Rich is you know Rich is both stoic as well as rock hard. And there were times when he was um, 
he was pretty moved by the whole thing, you know? Right. And, 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 and so, you know, it all, it was, it would always end up with a, a bunch of fucking tiger beers late at night and talking stories and stuff. And, and just having the privilege to listen to Rich and, and see the, um, see the stories and also him engaging with some of the older Vietnamese folks who, you know, I, who knows where they were from or what they did, but there was just, it was a cool way to see kind of the circle that happens once, once people, once governments calm down and let people be people, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we went out and did, uh, we went out and did a whole, a whole bunch of um, rocking. We did a whole bunch, like bunches and bunches of miles. And we were out in places where, I mean, we were just out there. We we're out right. in these, out in these mountains, these rice paddies and that, and like, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. That sounds pretty cool. That's very cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nacho, just, just, just one thing real quick, because uh, this is kind of funny. I always think about this because uh, the, for the first pump, you know, I, um, I came from a, a, a decent, but a working class family in Boston and being from Boston, it's, um, you know, a dollar is a dollar, right? A penny's a penny. It, may, it means a lot. You know, we, there wasn't a lot of, uh, wasn't a lot of cash like flying around. Right. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and so when, 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 you know, when we first made the first pump, the, the, the first bladder itself, uh, we had, we put foam in it. We, we did a lot of, we overbuilt it because we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We were guessing a lot of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the company that we, uh, that we, uh, we went with to make the air bladder, uh, they were, they made sonar buoys and they made um, medical, medical device stuff. So they, they knew how to uh, create uh, blood bags or IV bags or, you know, so, uh, um, government kind of thing but um making the shoe stuff was really different it had a different shape it's got all the different bladders one of these days i'll I, we'll we'll go off off the record i got I'll, I'll show you up my barn all the different uh stuff i got uh yeah we want we want to talk about your barn actually after this i want to know yeah. okay <laughs> all right cool yeah so yeah same here yeah so so but well, we can we can do that we can do that later but but the um the first bladder we did nacho I'll never forget this. It cost seventeen dollars and ninety-eight cents first production, per per pair. And at the time, uh, full basketball shoes were just about the same price. So so all of a sudden we 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 had a we had a basketball shoe that didn't cost like um, sixteen fifty or seventeen twenty-five to make, which was about the standard for Air Force One and stuff like that. It actually was costing about thirty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. That's that's just a straight up factory cost. Uh, never mind shipping and all this kind of stuff. So uh, that's why it came out at $170. And dude, I, you know, I mean, I was making them so I could I could get them. But um, but yeah, that was that was one of those things where I uh, I always felt bad because you know dudes who are just working, people who are just working. That's uh, that was back in the day. It's probably like I don't know what $300 now for a pair of sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, the fact that they were so rare and so unobtainable at that time is the reason why it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, like if, if I saw them on feet, you know, like I said, my, my cousin had them and I was like, yeah, oh, wow, like this is insane. It, it looks like a like a space boot in a sense, you know, yeah. and I was just like and I was just like these things. And then we would go outside. I, I was I was little. So we, like he'd jump over bushes and I'd be like. Yeah. Man, I can't do that in my freaking, <laughs> my little Chuck Taylors. You know what I mean? And I was just like, ah. and I, I attributed like his 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 uh, his physical talents to yeah. to yeah or skills to the Reebok pump. I was like, oh, it's gotta be those guys. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, so it, I just it was it's really nostalgic for me. It's really cool. That's very yeah. And I can I can remember like having seeing people at school with those with Reebok pumps, and everybody would just surround that person. And yeah. Because you know we were middle class, and we yeah. you know not every it was just it was like the talk of the school like who, whichever kid had the pumps on it was like. So I I got I got to tell you what I was um other than being an old dog now back then being a uh you know uh, being lucky enough to be at Reebok and being being in the business when, you know, there were no cell phones. There were no, I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot competing for status items, you know, and, and so uh, sneakers and apparel, um, they were, they were status items. Right. And so that was, it was always, I always really, I mean, uh, boys, I appreciate the hell out of the fact that you guys do this and, and you help promote it and all that, because it's just a, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. And for, for those of us who are lucky enough to make the stuff, you know, I mean, we're, we're just doing our job, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, all this stuff happens after the fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, yep. And it's really, it's, it's really like a pleasure to, to be able to speak with, with you and Steven and other people. And it's, just, it's, inc- it's, it, for us, it's, inc- it's like mind blowing for me, honestly. Cool. Yeah. Same here. It's, it's crazy. Just knowing that, like, you know, I, I always try to explain it to people, you know, that today I'm going to talk with the guy responsible for the Reebok pump. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I go into detail. And then they just get like, they're like, you're like a big old nerd over it. And it's just insane. <laughs> no, but but I, I actually super appreciate it. And I think it's very cool you guys are doing this stuff. It's very Thank cool. You. Thanks, Paul. And just to wrap things up, and I do, just because just it's fun, and I just want to yeah. keep it light, and I just, uh, and, and we'll wrap up here in a second. Can you, can you talk to us about the, the barn that you have on your property over there? All right. So, yeah. So um, I, I got to basically this is a, the property I have here now was where my wife grew up. We got just about 100 acres of land. Uh, I got um, and, and it's like a it's basically like a tree farm. And um, and we had built um, when I had put away some some in the piggy bank, some money. And we we built a big barn for my father and mother in law when they were when they were alive. And um, and it was it was just, it was, it was a cool place. It started as a little project that my wife and I did got way out of hand. I ended up um, hooking up with this guy who was a um, post and beam construction dude. And we made this big barn, um, big for us, you know? And so uh, it's got three floors and on the bottom floor, I got my tractors. I got my uh, woodworking equipment. Uh, it's middle floor. I got my, it's like a family room, but it's also the um, go rock North now, you know, uh, but I've got all of the archives for, for my stuff. And then on the third floor, it's got my gym, I got you know my uh, my um, uh, heavy bag and speed bag up there. I got a climbing wall and just it's just it's a cool place. Sometime, so cool, man. Sometime after this, after this, we'll uh, we'll link up and I'll uh, uh, we'll we'll FaceTime it up there or something. I'll show you. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's it's my place and it's kind of my little my little cave. Dude, it's cool. When I saw I saw some B roll of it on the uh, some of Gorok's videos and I was like, this oh, is yeah. so cool. So I had to ask you about it. I, I, I appreciate you sharing it. No, dude, it's awesome. I'm super lucky. And, and, you know, being, being somebody who came in from the city, you know, when I first came out here, I was like, what in the hell do you do with all this stuff? You know, yeah. but like now I get a sawmill, I make, I make lumber for people and shit like that. So it's just kind of fun, you know? That's very cool. Very cool. That's pretty awesome. Appreciate, uh, appreciate having you on Paul. This has been nothing but a pleasure for us. Like, like, uh, like I was saying, and um, if you ever find yourself in LA, uh, hit me up. We'll also be, we we're also in Fresno. So nice i'm the fresno division over here so <laughs> he's the fresno div- very nice nacho yeah so uh if i'm if i'm out that way 
um, by all means, I will. And you boys, if you're ever out in the East Coast, please hit me up. I'd, I'd love to show you around. Absolutely. Cool, man. Thank you. Appreciate the offer. Thanks so much, Paul. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yes. Pleasure speaking with you. We'll keep in touch. All right. Peace. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Definitely. See ya. Bye. All right, guys. So that is the show. That was it. I hope you guys really enjoyed that conversation we had with Paul Litchfield. Um, he's a super nice guy. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, thank you to Paul for being on the show and taking the time to do that, to talk to us nerds and to talk to all you nerds who are listening to this. Um, well, how, what was that like for you, Nacho, talking to the inventor of the Reebok pump? Because you kind of grew up with that era. It's cool, man. Like this platform that we have or whatever, you know what I mean? From the YouTube to the Facebook group to the social medias, all that other stuff. It's awesome to talk to like the people who've created something such a, like, you know, like that's extremely iconic to you and nostalgic to you as, as a, as a child, you know what I mean? So it's really awesome. You know what I mean? To it is. Talk, yeah. And then to, and then to find them like, you know what I mean? Like to see how down to earth they are and how yeah. cool they really like, it's, it's awesome. You know, Paul was a great guy. You know what I mean? It's 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 insane. You know what I mean? The the whole concept, the, the him taking you back and, and letting you know how it started and you know how it went. It's just it's really cool. It is insane and it's super dope. And thank you, thank you to Paul Litchfield for again for taking the time to do this. And thank you to everybody who has been listening. Um, just real quick, uh, on our YouTube channel, we actually just uploaded a video. Um, on the history of the Jordan 6, which is out now. So go check that out. It's just search Notch Average Finds in YouTube. And um, you, we also previously did an episode on the history of the pump where we talk more about um, Paul Litchfield's work with Reebok and uh, really get into the, to the details. Um, so if you haven't checked out the history of the Reebok pump, check that out. I think you would really enjoy it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you get a, your, wherever it is you listen to this. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much. We will catch you guys next Sunday. Hope you guys have an amazing uh, morning, afternoon, night, day, wherever it is you are in the world, whatever it is you're doing, on a walk, at the gym. Uh, pull out your phone, leave us a review. It would be amazing. I would read it out here on the show and and then I'll have Nacho react to it because you know his reactions are always priceless. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week with another episode. Uh, have a good one, guys. Peace. Peace.